Hello everyone, my name is Jose Ramon Medina and you are listening to Van Life Mexico, the podcast. We are really happy to be recording this podcast, our first of the series, and we'll be discussing all the themes around Van Life in, in Mexico. Uh, uh, let me present myself, as I said, my name is Jose Ramon Medina, I am a uh, Currently living in my Volkswagen bus in Mexico. It's an 82 Volkswagen bus. And, well, I live with my girlfriend, Andrea, and we make the Two Mexican Explorers series on YouTube. So let's get started with the podcast. We have a guest uh, we have Matt Davy with us. He's a pound lifer and a, an explorer of the world. Uh, how are you doing, Matt? Doing really well. Happy to be here in Mexico City, and, and thanks for having me on the podcast. We're happy to have you in the podcast. As Matt said, we're actually in Mexico City recording this podcast, the first of this series. So uh, if you want to introduce yourself, Matt, tell the audience who you are, where you've been, how did you got into band life? I think we're all interested in hearing this. Cool. So my name's Matt. Um, I am from Australia, but the last uh, nearly nearly six years I've been actually living in America. So I moved to America when I was about 23. Uh, soon after moving there, I met my partner, Anna. Um, and yeah, we moved to Boston together. So uh, after living in Boston for about, yeah, it would have been five and a half years working sales jobs for tech companies, I started to, I suppose, get a little bit, uh, or my job wasn't very fulfilling. So I um, started to question, you know, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do with my life. And we'd been talking about tiny houses mm -hmm. and uh, and van life, you know, minimal living or alternative, alternative living. living. Exactly. Um, we'd been talking about that a lot. And after looking at the tiny house thing, it seemed possible, but also slightly difficult in the way that like council areas have different rules around tiny houses yeah. and restrictions. So we thought looking into a van would be the best kind of move for us and we we started looking and I started looking at certain models of van that we wanted to get. Uh, so in America, like a utility van, uh, a Ford E250 is a pretty common one where you see people uh, do their own DIY conversions, uh, more of a stealth camping, yeah. you know, not a combi. It's not a good looking <laughs> van. It's just a white van. But that was what I wanted to get. I thought yeah. a stealth van would be quite a good way to go if you're going through a city, um, which is kind of inevitable with van life. It, you, you will have to go through a city at some point. If you do have to stay there, no one really knows that you're there, that you're there because it looks like a utility van. Anyway, we were looking and I was looking through Instagram as you do for inspiration on you know how to do the build, how to actually um, you know do the conversion found a couple that were traveling throughout, uh, they were traveling throughout Canada, America, and Mexico. And I started chatting with this couple. So 
Their names are, if you want to have a look, they've got quite cool Instagrams as well. Sam Putzies and Juliet Orleans. Uh, they are both from Belgium. And they were... Okay. Um, yeah, they were here in... Oh, yeah. The North American continent. How, how long was this ago? This was early 2018. So okay. last year. More or less a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago. And we started chatting back and forth on Instagram. Me and Sam and... Uh, I just started asking questions about like, you know, what materials did you use? And okay. um, if, if he had any tips for, for building the van out. And we traded conversation for about three days. And after three days or so, he came back to me and just said, hey, do you want to buy the van from us? Really? And we were like, wow, this is a cool opportunity. Uh, we've stumbled across these guys on Instagram and, and they're selling their van. So... We discussed pricing and all of that, and yeah, we, we agreed to, to, to buy, buy the van from them. So they were basically in Mexico at the time, um, in Baja, California, and they were coming back up the West Coast, okay. and then they had to go all the way from the West to the East. Okay. So they were finishing up in Montreal, and that's where they bought their van. So we basically, there were, there were some difficulties in purchasing the van, because we were in America, we were in Massachusetts. Um, so buying the van for us probably wasn't very straightforward as it normally would be because different jurisdictions and different rules and regulations around uh, purchasing vans, um, and bringing a van into, we were technically importing the van into America. It went no problems at all. You know, we didn't have any problems. Uh, most of the problems we'd probably built up in our own head, but once we actually, Um, brought the van across. It went quite smoothly. It just involves some research. There were definitely, you know, uh, documents that we needed to have with us. Yeah, um, dig a bit about that info. So we needed to do some research on importing a van from Canada to America. And I think Anna has quite a comprehensive blog post on her blog, okay, which great. is annagoesfit.com. Um, so that's how we got into it. It was just basically... You know, a a change of life, a change of life, exactly. Okay. Change of lifestyle. We were looking into. Um, we also have a podcast. Anna has a blog, and we thought it would be a good opportunity to get creative again. Yeah, to get some content for the yeah. For so the we we really wanted to uh, just focus on our creative projects and give ourselves some time to do that. So that was once we bought the van. It was about September. 2018 okay. and we left <clears throat> we left Boston in November. So you were traveling before, right? You were living at Boston. Yep. And doing some travels. I understand that you have traveled quite a bit. So yeah, personally I've traveled I've traveled quite a lot. I mean it probably I probably got it from my parents. You know, at a young age, mum and dad used to take us on camping trips. We used to drive everywhere in Australia, so we would never okay. get we would never get planes when we were young. Mum and Dad would drive for all of our holidays, and we'd always pack our big family tent. It was a big old tent that <laughs> uh, you know fit four of us in there, uh, and that was what we got used to when we were younger. So that was probably like the you know the instigator in yeah. terms of like giving me that travel bug, probably looking back on it, I was very used to it and it wasn't foreign to me. Um, and then through school, I was lucky enough to 
go to Fiji when I was about 14 years old. Okay. I went to Germany when I was 15, both with school. And again, that kind of fuels that passion for, for you know, seeing the world <clears throat> and experiencing different cultures, different languages, different places. different people, yeah. pl- places, architecture, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, from there, I've been on multiple Europe trips. I've studied in the UK. Um, I went on a big Europe trip before moving to America, and then I moved to America. Uh, I didn't plan on living in America for as long <laughs> as I did. It was meant to be like a 13-month trip, um, working and uh, traveling throughout America. But I based myself in Boston, and I met Anna, I think, two months after I'd moved to America. Okay. Uh, and that's that's why I stayed. I stayed because... Um, Stayed because of Anna. So, yeah, it's been an awesome ride. It's a nice yeah. story. It's funny yeah. because for me, it's been the same. Like, my, my parents were taking us to, to all these places in Mexico, always yeah. road tripping yeah. in the south of Mexico, discovering Oaxaca, mm-hmm. and Yucatan, all of the Riviera Maya. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's kind of the, the, the common thing I've seen between van lifers. Yeah. Like the travel is a big important thing to carry with this lifestyle. As you said, some of us get a little bit annoyed with our uh, actual works or, or our, and we decide to take a, 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 a change in our lives. Tell us a little bit, a little bit more about this. What kind of things triggered that uh, that inconformity? The, the thing that you said, okay, I need to do something different in my life. Good question, man. So I think leaving Australia, firstly, I'd studied accounting. So that's where I thought I was going to end up. I thought I was going to end up in that kind of business, corporate accounting world. But moving to America, and I didn't really love it. I didn't love it. I my focus when I was younger was making money. You know, okay. when I was when I was eighteen, it was like, all right, I'm going to get out of university, and I'm going to you know get a corporate job and make a lot of money. <laughs> which ones are, are good paid? No, like yeah, okay, let me see which is the top of the rank of the best paid careers, and I'll go that way. Yeah, and um, accounting is certainly a job that can pay quite well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and not very hard to get into, you know, it's not like medicine or yeah. being a lawyer or anything like that. And I'm not my, you know, I was a decent student in high school, but, um, accounting fit, you know, it fit the score that okay. I got <laughs> from my high school studies. So went into that and yeah, I, I didn't really, by the time I'd finished my degree, I didn't really love it. Moved to America and that gave me a chance to actually explore some different job opportunities because my accounting degree didn't translate to America. Okay. I couldn't actually get uh, a proper accounting job because they have different, um, different accounting rules and regulations and they don't accept it, uh, unless you have a higher, uh, level, level of, um, you know, education. There's, there's, you know, like a, a CPA or a CA degree, which I didn't have. So I looked into sales, got into sales, and I was lucky enough to work for a really cool tech company in Boston. And I really loved it. I worked there for in total about 18 months. Um, and when I got the job, 
I thought, you know, this is the, this, the, is, it. this is the area I want to start working in. I, I like to talk um, and chat with people. And that was the job. You know, I'm talking to people on the phone every day, trying to help their catering business um, by, you know, getting them on the platform that my company had. And um, that was really fun for a while until there was a big moment in my life where I decided to change my diet. I decided to start eating a vegan diet, a plant-based diet. And I started looking more into the ethics of food and, uh, you know, how food affects our health and the environment and stuff like that. And the company I was working for didn't exactly, like, didn't exactly uh, align with those ethics. It was more about getting, you know, any food on the platform and you know, they're a great company and they're doing a really good job at what they do, except it started to play. Yeah. It started to give me, you know, it it made me think, it made me think about, okay, is my job now aligning with my personal values? And it wasn't. And I struggled with it for months and months and it affected my work. I wasn't as good as my job at my job as I used to be because I, I was struggling with this uh, this process so I ended up leaving that job got another job with a tech company and yeah I just didn't I didn't like the work at that company so it wasn't a fit for me so I left after about 18 months I think I worked there for a year and a half uh, so that was the reason that was the okay. reason that we started looking elsewhere um, and, and needed that change because I just wasn't fulfilled. I'd come home from work and, you know, basically depressed, uh, because the job just wasn't fulfilling me. So, uh, that was, yeah, that was the reason for us starting to look elsewhere. Yeah. It's nice to hear all these kind of uh, points of view of why people go into bond life. And it's, I think, I think it's really great because in my case, was I was uh, living at my mom's and I was 29 years old. It, it was in 2017. Yes, 17. Mm. So my, my mom my mom had to move from the from the house here in Mexico City. So I went like, okay, I have to rent a department an, an apartment here in Mexico. But the thing is that for that time, I couldn't afford an, an apartment, so my mom was leaving all the way to Yucatan, and I was like, okay, I have to do something, um, and that was like a kicker, so I could start my own thing, so it was kind, kind of thing like going out of your comfort zone for me, and I think for there, there are a lot of reasons to start Bound Life. And I wanted to travel. I wanted to to see the world. So that could bring me a, a real close opportunity to do all of that. I never was like the kind of person that sits in, a, in an office from nine to five person. I, it wasn't for me. So I I decided to, to take this lifestyle. And I, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, Doing it in Mexico, I don't know. I've never been in other countries, but maybe you can tell us how it is 
doing van life in Mexico as doing van life in the USA or other countries you've been? Cool, yeah. So for us, <clears throat> we, we started in Boston and we, we basically traveled across the northern states in the US. So we traveled through like New York. We actually went into Canada. We went into Toronto. Um, went through the states like Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, Montana, Washington State. Once we hit Washington State, we went down the West Coast, so Oregon, California, and then we went into to Baja. To Baja. So, yeah, the, for us, it didn't really differ that much. No. So, I mean, we use the app uh, iOverlander. iOverlander. So, it's, you know decked out with places, places to stay and places to fill up Most, gas for mostly cooking. Mostly in Baja. It's like yeah. stoked with, with Absolutely packed. With places, really. So there's no shortage of places to stay in Baja. Um, the, I suppose the only thing is these kind of preconceived notions that Mexico is a dangerous country. Yeah. So once we bought the van and we told like our parents and our friends what we're doing, immediately, you know, they, they, they are concerned about your safety. Your safety, yeah. So be careful, um, you know, and, and be, especially be careful in Mexico. Had you been in Mexico before? I'd traveled in Mexico um, with Anna's family. Mm-hmm. So we'd done, we'd actually done a little road trip from Cuernavaca or Xochitlpec where, where Anna's family live to Oaxaca. Okay. So we did that in the car. Um, and no problems. It was an eight hour drive through the mountains and we got to Oaxaca city. Yeah. No issues at all. So we had experienced a little bit of life on the road. It wasn't sleeping in a van or, or living out of a van, but, uh, we had some experience and yeah, so it was new to us regardless of the country. It was new to us, you know, finding places to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, the language language. I'm lucky. Anna speaks well, yeah. Spanish. It's her first language. For me, I'm still learning uh, Spanish. And yeah, it's not something I've picked up and I really need to learn. But having Anna there as a, you know, as a native speaker Thinker. was a huge help. Yeah. Um, so that was certainly a help. The differences between the differences between America and Mexico we probably, we wanted to be safe. We wanted to make sure we were safe. So we, we made a rule that we would not drive at night. At night. Um, so that was probably one difference. Because in America, we we didn't drive a lot at night, to be honest. But it didn't bother us if we, if we had to drive at night. But in Mexico, we decided we will find a campsite on iOverlander <clears throat> the day of or the day before. So we know where we're going yeah. and we will make sure that we have we, stopped driving before sunset. We made kind of the same rule that never yeah. uh, drive at night. And if you want to go somewhere else, get there before 6 p.m. Yep. So you can get to know your surroundings and the people. Exactly. That's, that's also important. Um, if you've got, you, you want daylight when you get to the campsite yeah. because, you know, you want to be able to see where you are. Uh, where yeah, to run know your surroundings <laughs> if exa- anything happens yeah all that kind of 
all that kind of stuff is important. But we had no issues, okay. you know. Um, we, we really had no issues. The roads were, in most cases, we would get the paid roads and they were, you know, honestly, we, we, we had no issues really uh, driving. Um, there, I suppose one thing that was also different was the military stops throughout Baja, California. So, you know, there's quite a few military stops where you stop and there's military personnel, soldiers. Um, that Do they were, sometimes insinuate a, a bribe? We never experienced no. that. It could have helped that Ana was a Spanish speaker. Yeah. Um, but we never had any issues. They would check the van. They would, you know, open the van, look through our luggage and our food storage and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sure it helped the, that Anna spoke Spanish in those situations. I, I mentioned this because sometimes, uh, well, some of the times Mexican police or Mexican uh, army yeah. that are like checking the roads, they sometimes want to take advantage of foreigners that are traveling in Mexico, also of, of Mexicans doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they want to like scare you. So they tell you that, okay, you're making a felony yep. by, or you have a bath uh, light or something yeah. stupid sometimes. Exactly. So, so it they, can happen. They want to, with fear, like make you feel that you did something wrong yep. when you didn't. So they can have some payment some bribe right so we have heard stories where people have um run into that and yeah they might have had to pay like a you know a small a small amount a small amount uh another tip we heard from some other van lifers was to take a copy of your driver's license so what we did in america it's not exactly like legal i suppose but We took copies of our driver's license and laminated them. Okay, like give a... Uh... Because we thought, okay, if we ever have to hand our license over to a policeman or a... Yeah, you give the copy. Or an army, we, army mm. soldier, we give the copy and they won't necessarily know That what the copy. real one looks yeah. like because we have foreign driver's licenses. Nice tip. So we copied them. We never had to use them. Um, but what we heard, the reason behind that was... What we heard is the policeman might take your driver's license and then say, meet us at the station where we can give it back. We can give it back, but you need to pay yeah, us a fine. Yeah. And if you have to give a copy over, you don't mind losing, you don't mind it. losing it. Yeah. So um, that was the reason, but we never had to lose it. And honestly, our time in in Mexico, in the van, uh, it really wasn't a problem. Um, I think Baja, California is actually really well suited to van life. Van As life. you said, iOverlander, packed with places, places to go. There's other people in vans. So you're always surrounded by people living the same kind of lifestyle as you. And uh, you're normally away from the cities. You might have to go into a town to you know, get more food and, mm -hmm. and water. Uh, but apart from that, Uh, it really was quite straightforward. Okay. I couldn't stress it enough. The <laughs> only one to feel safe is the nighttime driving. Don't drive at night. 
and get to your campsite as early as possible. That would be there, my biggest tip. There was one time when I when we had to drive at night. Yep. Because I block in the in the in the road. It was in Chiapas, so mm -hmm. we had like the the hot spot of Chiapas. So we were like, okay, let's go through it the fastest we can, and we'll take it from there. So mm -hmm. we experienced some issues, not with people, not with robberies, mm -hmm. but with other persons driving. Yep. Because at night, also uh, mostly in, in free <clears throat> uh, free roads. It's kind of spooky because there's no lights. There's uh, people driving with no lights. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, mostly for safety uh, on driving at night, it's because of that. Because of others not having caution to to drive. That would be, yeah, my number one. Yeah. Number one tip for sure. And also for for assaults or, or robberies. True. Yeah, for robberies, I mean, we basically just put up our blackout curtains. So we have blackout curtains that um, make it... Again, we have yeah. a we have a utility van. So from the outside, it doesn't look anything like... That's one of the perks. Yeah. I mean, and also, you said it before, one of the things that you decided to go that way on the van yep. is because of stealth camping. So yeah, it's it's pretty nice to have these kind of tips because we've got a combi. If you don't want to be like everybody looks at at the combi, you go into somewhere, some little town, some big city, people will be looking at the combi because it's a combi. Right. It it attracts the, the eyes of everybody. So, <clears throat> I don't know, um, kind of the thing with van life also is to travel. And for, in my experience, van life has gotten me to places that I would never uh, discover if I was traveling like backpacking or, mm -hmm. or road tripping, like a normal road trip does, staying at hotels and that kind of things. Do you've got some special places here in Mexico? I mean, I know that you've been uh, quite a uh, a few time in in Baja, but I think the the magic of van life is that you can get into one place that for someone is really like um, some some special thing, and for the, for others like pretty standard. Okay. I think uh, it was probably our our second night in Baja. I can't actually remember the name, the name of the town. It was a very, very small town. And this man, basically, it was like, he called it something like, it was something like a hotel bicicleta. So okay. it, was, it was basically his house. And he would allow cyclists to camp there if they needed. There's a lot of people, this is off topic of van life, but there's a lot of people that ride their bicycles from like, it's crazy. It's like from Alaska to Argentina. Yeah. So there's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a thing. And this guy started out with one person and that person wrote something on like, <laughs> 
TripAdvisor, or yeah. they put it, and it's now on iOverlander. And from that one review, he started to get more and more people. So we needed a place to stay, and it fit our, um, you know, it fit our itinerary, it fit our timeline because we we knew we were going to get there before sunset. And yeah, we got to meet this family. We stayed in their front yard, and yeah, that's that's like a moment that you would not experience if you were staying in hotels or Airbnbs. You wouldn't find yourself it's kind in that of the, situation. The magic of this kind of traveling. I mean, yeah. doing uh, cycling through through the Pan American or doing van life in your own country or in another country. It's the thing like meeting people and their cultures. Mm -hmm. And getting to know deeply into these kind of things, like that's the thing that clicks. Like, okay, now I know what I'm doing this. Because there's also the other side. We always talk about the the highlights of van life, but there's also the 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 non spoken issues about this like sleeping in hot places when you don't have any aircon or you don't have Uh, um, anything to cool you down it can get kind of hard how are or what I mean what are your your things that, that like I don't like this as much from band life so you're right you know the the images we see on Instagram and Uh, blogs on the internet, it's usually like an idyllic kind of picture of, sure. of van life. So quickly, we realized that it's not like this all the time because we left the northeast of America in November. So it's getting very close cool. to winter. Yeah. And we actually experienced some nights along the way that were as cold as negative 15 degrees. Whoa. So lucky we had really warm sleeping bags. And we had beanies and we had good outdoor winter gear. And honestly, we weren't ever cold in our sleeping bags. But we would wake up in the morning and the inside windows were covered in ice. The inside, because yeah. of our breath, it would freeze on the windows. So that's one uncomfortable situation that, you know, you might find yourself in. Um, I would just say pack accordingly have a warm sleeping bag. And then the opposite side of that is the heat. Uh, so when we got down into Baja, California, um, it was hot. And I think we preferred that because once you get to the beach, you can have your windows open yeah. um, and let the air pass through uh, before you go to sleep. Um, so, yeah, I suppose we did experience the, the, the polar opposites there. And then in addition to that, the you quickly lose the comforts of home. So yeah. things like having a shower in your house, having a bathroom, all of these things we didn't have anymore in the van. So honestly, we were using bottles to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, we bought Anna uh, a funnel. Yeah, the, the pee yeah. something. It's called like a she-wee or something yeah. like that. Go-girl. Go-girl. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's called a go-girl. And that took some getting used to. Um, and we had some funny times with that thing. And like it's not it's not the kind of things that people normally talk about. <laughs> um, even I had, yeah, 
I mean, I've I've got some funny stories, bathroom stories about the van. Um, we probably don't want to go into them, but um, it's you know it's an interesting time. Going days without showering, something I was used to growing up, going to you know camps, uh, hiking camps, sea kayaking, canoeing, whatever it might be. I'm used to not showering, but for Anna, not showering for two three days was like a uh, a different thing for her to get yeah, used complicated. to. Complicated, exactly. So. These are all things that we don't necessarily see on in, on the internet, <laughs> but they are the things that everyone has to go through. So um, what you get, though, in exchange is the freedom to go where you want, camp where you want, be in nature lots more than when we were living in the city. So foregoing the comforts of home to get those moments and the, um, the time on the road, the freedom is something that I would do every day of the week. You know, yeah. if I have to pee in a bottle for a few months or weeks or whatever it might be, that's okay. Cause I really enjoy the reward. Is the bigger. reward. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same for me. Like all the places we've been make up, to the thing of not having a bathroom because there are bathrooms everywhere in cities in towns yep. in beaches um as you said peeing in a bottle is not as much an issue for us as as men as as boys right exactly as for women so andy's got a a, a podcast about that too yeah how is it for girls to doing bound life versus boys because it's not uh It's it's a thing. It's easier. It's easier for us. Totally, and it it's way them. easier. Uh, but I think that they enjoy it also, hundred percent, as, as much as we do. Yeah, I think you when when you take yourself out of your comfort zone, you you tend to grow as a person, and and you appreciate yeah. all that small things like totally showering, going to a proper toilet. It's like oh, I'm going to a toilet. I'm gonna have uh, hot water. That's kind of things that you you really appreciate them. And when you go back home, or when you go back to a to a to a place to live, you get all these other insights of persons. In our case, they, they all ask us, "How did you go to the bathroom?" And we also use bottles. We also use the porta potty. And you are like, okay, I do like this. And they are like, no way. How can you do in a bottle? Right. How, then, how can you do, use a go a go girl? So that kind of things are really funny to 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 have like stories about that. It's always the first question. Yeah. How do you go to the bathroom? How do you make money? Um, is it safe? Or is it safe? Scared? All of exactly. They're the, they're the questions we usually get. Um, and. Yeah, it might seem kind of wild in the beginning to go to the bathroom in a non-conventional way, but you soon get used to it. And exactly what you said, you you appreciate what you had before and what you might have in the future. You know, if you you know if you go back to living in an apartment. Uh, another thing that we enjoyed about living in a van was the minimalism. Yeah. So we downsized, you know, from an apartment to a van. So we had to donate a lot of our clothes um, 
again, this was something more difficult for Anna than me. I didn't really have a lot of clothes, but um, what we found was you feel a sense of freedom by only having what you need. Yeah, not having as much things. Yeah, the same was for me. My mom was moving, I was moving like, okay, I have all these kind of tools because I was doing uh, renovations before, home renovations. So I used to have a, a, a big room full with uh, hand tools and power tools and all kinds of things. Like, okay, when am, what am I going to do with this? So we sold, we, we sold all of that kind of things. Also with clothes. Yep. Okay, I'm not going to use a, a, a suit. I'm not going to use a dress. I'm not going to use yeah. um, shoes. Now we've got uh, a, 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 some boots sneakers and some floppies and that's it right uh, also like six t-shirts and that's it a yep. couple of of shorts and... yep my clothes <laughs> fit into a tub yeah so i have one tub the, and that's all i need and the other thing is like the non-consumption of things that you don't really need and the impact you said it before you change your your weight of uh, feeding yourself to a more, um, how do you say it? Um, it's more environmentally friendly. friendly. Yeah. And also, uh, this kind of lifestyle, even though you're living in a van and the van has some carbon emissions, mm -hmm. you are putting it on a, on a balance and saying like, okay, I do this, but I don't, come, I don't use plastic anymore on my living. I use my, as you said before, I've got my my cup for for yeah. coffee for tea. I've got some some dishes. I don't use uh, how do you plastic say? cutlery plastic, or anything yeah. like that. It's true. Um, we consciously wanted to make sure that you know we weren't using plastic. All of our stuff is reusable. Um, we have a solar panel on the roof, yeah. so we now charge our phones and our laptops, camera, drone. We charge all of that with solar, solar. energy. Um, we don't run a fridge. That's something we don't really think about in normal life. You don't need it. The fridge, <laughs> the fridge at home is always plugged in, plugged in. all the time, 24-7. We don't use one anymore. We have an icebox. Um, and yeah, you're right. There's emissions, but you know we forego a lot of the things that we have in the Western world now that is... Um, detrimental to our environment. Yeah. It's convenient. Um, once you, you don't have to move to a van either to realize this, but once you start traveling more, you open your eyes to the, the impact of our daily choices. You know, going to places for us like Mexico, the Philippines, that wasn't in a van, but the Philippines and Indonesia, yeah. you see the plastic in the ocean, the plastic in the rivers. Yeah, that's one of the things of traveling also. Right, and you've by got... seeing that with your own two yeah. eyes, it makes you want to stop using it. And although it might seem difficult in the beginning, it's actually quite easy to replace the plastic with reusable items. Yeah. So yeah, definitely another positive. Some, some may say that well, one person won't make a difference, but they do. They 
well, it's the, the beginning. They one person started use, using plastic, and then others said like, okay, I'm gonna use plastic also, and and so on and so on. So if you stop using plastic and using other kind of materials for your daily choices, others will do as well. So yeah, you can do a difference by saying, I'm not gonna do this. I'm yep. gonna use this uh, like uh, straws. No? Yep. Uh, straws are now illegal here in Mexico, um, but people start to use their own straws, uh, bamboo straws, right. metal straws. Yep. So it becomes also like a fashion, like a, yeah. I like, think okay, yeah. I have my straw. Like, exactly. And that's really good. No, it's cool. I think um, people almost start calling out other people now. Yeah. It's like if you see someone oh, with, it's like oh, they've got. They're using a plastic cup yeah. for their coffee, or like, what? Why don't you have a a glass container or a stainless steel? Or container? if you go to a restaurant and they bring you water in a in a plastic cup, yep, you're like, why in a plastic cup? You yeah. should have a glass. You should have a glass jar or a yeah. glass cup. Yeah, I think we should look to our personal lives to to start changing things. We shouldn't wait for big companies, we shouldn't wait for governments to change. We should look at ourselves first and see what simple changes we can make in our own life. So, uh, you know, it could be something as simple as a straw, a cup, uh, it could be a bamboo toothbrush, it could be using, you know, um, we recently tried this toothpaste that you get in a glass jar. Ah, oh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, you can get deodorant in jars now and you rub it on instead of like roll it on yeah um there's also a crystal one yeah yeah um there's cutlery you can buy your own cutlery sets yeah knives forks spoons chopsticks straws in a little set so you never have to use plastic again you just bring it with you um and then it starts extending to other parts of your life i think that's the cool part you start you start to question other parts of your yeah. life. Okay, what else can I improve? Yeah, because you're like, okay, I already did this. I changed my toothbrush yep. for a bamboo toothbrush. Yep. Maybe I can now change my broom. Yep. Instead of being a plastic broom, I can make it... Uh, the, well, in Mexico, they're pretty common. The, yep. The, the kind of brooms with uh, exactly. natural fibers in it. Right. So... It, yeah, it starts, it starts to extend to other parts of our life. And what you said before about one person making an impact, people start asking questions. When you start doing things a little bit differently, you might go to work, you might uh, get asked on social media or even like fr uh, friends and family you know, that you're close with, they might start asking, oh, where did you get the straw from? Where did you get the cup yeah. from? Or why? Or why? And that's when one person starts to make a difference because it extends to their close family, extends to their colleagues who then start doing it themselves, who then start, you know, um, getting questions from their community. And it starts to have this domino effect. Um, so yeah, questioning the importance of one person, I think is, um, is not the way to go. I, th I think it all starts with one person yeah. and um, we need to see, the importance that we all hold as individuals. Yeah, that's pretty true what you said about traveling and doing bad life and seeing all this impact on the planet, 
all the plastic in the ocean and the rivers and it really takes you and, and, and shocks you yep. out to the to the core to see what what are you doing. So well Matt, it's been a pleasure to have you here on our on our first podcast. We are really happy to be releasing this podcast for all of you guys who want to do band life in Mexico. We would love to hear your comments, to hear your insight. What are your questions about doing band life? Have you done it? Do you want to do it? What what are your ifs? What are your fears of coming in Mexico? We'll be discussing more of these kind of chats with our guests. Uh, thank you, Matt, for being here again. Do you want to see something to wrap it up? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a cool chat. Um, I would definitely say to people that are looking to come to Mexico in a van, um, yeah, just be just be smart. Just common, common sense. sense. Uh, I don't think there's anything um, really to to deeply worry about. It's not. It's no different to any other country. You know, we use common sense no matter what country we're traveling in, and Mexico is no different. Even at home. Exactly. Exactly, and it's a beautiful place to to come and visit it's uh it's got some amazing landscapes it's a big country i think people often forget how big mexico is and and how much there is to explore so i hope that people that are listening uh can come here and and experience how good mexico you is. can spend a lifetime exploring mexico without a doubt man yeah. it's 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 a beautiful country for all of you guys who want to know to get more about matt he's got a postcard Uh, talk, talk us about your podcast, Matt. Okay, so there's probably two places that you can find me. Um, firstly is my photography account, which is more travel-based, van life-based. Uh, that is Matt, M-A-T-T-X, Davey, D-A-V-E-Y. Uh, my second one is my podcast account. So I have a podcast called Veg Talk. Um, it's basically aimed at uh, people who are interested in in health and wellness um, particularly plant-based or vegan diets I have guests from around the world different um, they come from different backgrounds you know I speak to doctors athletes business owners um, people that have experienced uh, bad health whether it be you know um, obesity cancer uh, diabetes whatever it might be but Um, yeah, a huge variety of guests and really just aiming it um, at people that are interested in uh, exploring a healthier lifestyle. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. It's gone really well with the van, actually. So, um, you know, bringing podcast equipment doesn't take up a lot of space. Sure. And um, it's, it's gone really well with the van. We've really enjoyed it. We've just started a Spanish version of the podcast as well. It's called Veg Talk Español. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram at VegTalk, which is V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K, or VegTalk Espanol, uh, which Anna hosts that Great. show. So, yeah, it's been a so cool So, go ride. listen to it also. Uh, give it the, their, their greeting. Say, hey, I listened to this in Bound Left Mexico in, in English. <laughs> yeah, come and say, hey, tell me where... Uh, uh, where you found the podcast. If it was If it was Van Life Mexico, I'd love to hear from you. Well, we're really happy to be releasing this first podcast. Stay tuned for the other episodes coming soon. And well, that's it for today. I'm your host, Ramon. Uh, Matt with here us today. 
Goodbye. Thanks, Ramon. Feel free to check out our social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook and on YouTube at Band Life Mexico. You can search us at Band Life Mex or Band Life Mexico.